Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Good to see everyone here. Just want to give you a heads up. For those of you who are new, we welcome you. And there's a lot of people new today. So we encourage you after the service to talk to one another. Just talk to the people next to you. And if, if you're here as a regular attender, I encourage you to talk to someone you don't know today and to welcome them. Occasionally we get comments about our church that come. And one of the comments that I just read this morning uh, about our church, it says, you guys actually use the Bible. Crazy, huh? Go to church and they're using the Bible. They better. We better, right? Village Bible Church. And there's more of this where uh, you can get in the Word of God right after the service. We've got Sunday school, get in the Word there. We have women's lightning Bible studies all summer, get in the Word there. Small groups, get in the Word. We want to be all about the Bible because we want to be all about knowing God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Before we get in the Word this morning, I want to pray because I believe God's Word today is crucial to you and to me. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask that this sixth chapter of Nehemiah that you have put in your word for us to teach and to train and to warn us, that we would pay attention. We may have come in here this morning distracted, we may have come in here not expecting much from your word, but you, the God of the universe, the Lord of our lives, is about to talk to us through your word. Help us to listen. Do a work today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been driving on your way to church and you and your spouse get into an argument? That's why my wife and I drive separately. Make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> and then you come through the doors and you're greeting people and you're smiling like everything's fine and inwardly you're seething and what you're doing, you're allowing the enemy to get a foothold there. Or you've come to church just fine and you've worshiped, you've gotten the word, you've prayed, it's been a wonderful morning and you get in the car and, and you drive home and somehow you and your wife and your husband start going at it again or for the first time. How is that possible after such a great morning that you guys could be arguing on the way home? Well, it's given the enemy a place in your lives during that time. It's interesting how things like this happen. Um, you know how we're preparing, maybe some of you prepare to go on a mission trip, and before the mission trip happens, you're feeling a lot of attacks of the enemy, and you expect that. And then the mission trip is over, you're at the top of the mountain, you're all pumped up, and yet you find that the enemy is still attacking you. We put on a wonderful missions conference this past year, and I'm sure there were some obstacles the mission team was facing, and when it happened, it was a wonderful conference. And yet the enemy is still trying to attack even after the victory. I don't know if we understand how much Satan and his demons want to bring us down and to destroy us. I think we're totally unaware of that. This past week, in our lobby, you may have noticed cones, right? That's because in the middle of our lobby, overnight, 
a massive chandelier fell down and crashed to the ground and went everywhere. So I recommend you don't stand under the other two. (laughs) But my brothers and sisters, that's just theatrics. There is so much attacks going on on your soul every single day. That is the reality that sometimes we're just not aware of. Like, oh, a chandelier fell at our church that Satan tried. No, 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 no. There's more going on in your life on a daily basis where the enemy is trying to attack you and discourage and take you out. Not only while you're attempting great things for God, but even after you attempt great things for God. The way I want to put it this morning is like this. is that opposition will come not only as you tempt great things for God, but opposition will come after you have tempted great things for God. You got that? Opposition will come not only as you attempt great things for God, but opposition will come after you've attempted great things for God. Think about Moses. He strikes the rock in anger, even after seeing all the miracles in Egypt. Elijah, he struggled after the great victory over the prophets of Baal. And David, oh man, David, he's living the victorious life. Should have been off at war and yet takes Bathsheba and has her husband killed. And that brings us to Nehemiah. He is at the tail end of success. The wall is getting built. It's almost done. And the enemies are turning up the heat. Will he stand firm? Let's see in Nehemiah 6. Nehemiah chapter 6, for those of you who are just joining us, Nehemiah was in a pagan land, felt called to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls that were destroyed because of Israel's sin. He comes back, rallies the people, the walls are being built, the breaches are being closed, and all that is left is to put the gates back on. And through the whole building project, he's been attacked by the enemies. And he's almost done, and the attacks are still coming. So this morning, we're going to look at overt opposition. We're going to look at covert opposition. And finally, we're going to look at success. And I'm going to get relaxed because I'm going to fall over up here. It is hot. Let's start with overt opposition, Nehemiah 6 and verse 1. Now, when it was reported to Samballot, Tobiah, to Geshem, the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and that no breach remained in it, although at that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, then Samballot and Geshem sent a message to me saying, Come, let us meet together at Chepharim in the plain of Ono but they were planning to harm me. The enemies realize that they can't attack Jerusalem anymore, so they try to draw Nehemiah into an ambush. But Nehemiah is not falling for it, as he knows they were plotting to harm him. He knows that this invitation from the enemies is just an ambush. We continue, verse 3. So I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? They sent messages to me four times in this manner, and I answered them in the same way. 
(laughs) So Nehemiah is caught up in this great work of God. He's not going to be distracted by the foolish plots of the enemies. And they kept coming to him four different times. And he responded in the same way. I'm locked into a great work of God. I can't come. Now the enemy's thinking, okay, we got to stir up some fake news. So here we go with some fake news. Verse 5. Then Sinballat sent his servant to me in the same manner a fifth time, number five, with an open letter in his hand. And it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Gashmu says, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. Therefore, you are rebuilding the wall, and you are to be their king according to these reports. You have also appointed prophets to proclaim in Jerusalem concerning you, a king is in Judah. And now it will be reported to the king according to these reports. So come now, let us, let us take counsel together. So the fake news rumor is that Nehemiah is planning a rebellion among the Jews in order to establish himself as a king. And it's an open letter. It's like a, an email blast to everyone. They all see it. And it's a false accusation that is being reported among the nations and Gashmu says. It's, it's dissension. It's being stirred among the Jews and the nations. And it says, oh, yeah, so-and-so says, so-and-so says, blah, blah, blah. It's just a gossip trail of fake news. But Nehemiah stands firm. Look what he says in verse 8. Then I sent a messenger to him saying, I like this, such things as you are saying have not been done, but you are inventing them in your own mind. How about that? For all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. Nehemiah is not unaware of the enemy's schemes. It's all a plot to frighten the Jews and shut down the work. Nehemiah is not falling for it. And he prays, God, strengthen my hands. I love that. Nehemiah gets it. He, he realizes that he's in a, a battle and the opposition is coming. He's like, God, strengthen my hands so I can keep doing your work. Now, we know those um, spiritual warfare verses uh, that you have perhaps memorized from Ephesians. Uh, it starts out with Ephesians 6.11, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And you've memorized verses after that. But have you kept going all the way down to verse 18? It says, with every prayer and request, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be alert with all perseverance at every request for all the saints. Now that's what Nehemiah is doing. And it's a padding for us as well. He's rejecting enemy. He's keeping at work. And here he is. He's praying, Lord strengthen my hands. Last weekend, I was supposed to go to Missouri. I have uh, seven children and one of my kids, he's 13, he lives at a children's home up in Missouri. He's been making progress educationally. He's been making progress emotionally. And so I was going to go and spend some time with him. But then I got a call that he had been spiraling. 
And as he was spiraling, he got pulled from the children's home and put into a facility uh, to get some help without going into too many details. And when I got that news, I felt my body go weak and fear start to rise. And over this last week, I've been getting phone calls from the facilities of what's happening, what's going on. And every time I see the number, I feel just my body go weak. And I see fear start to rise. And I want to just check out and be detached. And I got to say, Lord, strengthen my hands. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? Like, things are going good. And then something happens and, and you go, you go weak. And and fear starts to rise, and you want to get detached, and you want to kind of go off and and, and soothe your pain in ways that are sinful, and you got to say, no, 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 I'm going to stay engaged, I'm going to keep building the wall, Lord, strengthen my hands, don't check out, don't run away, Keep working on the wall. Keep doing God's will from what you know. Stay in there. I know it's painful. Lord, strengthen my hands. Well, we look at this opposition, and it just keeps on coming. He prayed the prayer, and now the opposition keeps on coming. Don't think that once you pray that the opposition is going to tone down. Don't be surprised if it ramps up. Verse 10. When I entered the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delilah, son of Matabal, who was confined at home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God, then the temple, and let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you, and they're coming to kill you at night. But I said, should a man like me flee, and could one such as I go into the temple to save his life, I will not go in. Now, this guy... Shemaiah, we're not quite sure why he's confined at home, but Nehemiah goes to visit him. Shemaiah tells him to go to the temple, and he needs to hide because the enemies are going to kill him. And Nehemiah's like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. And it starts to click with um, Nehemiah. Huh, this dude is in on the plan to bring me down. And look what he says in verse 12. Then I perceived, I hit him right then. Then I perceived that surely God has not sent him. He uttered his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. He was hired for this reason, that I might become frightened and act accordingly and sin so they might have an evil report in order that they could reproach me. Remember, oh my God, Tobiah and Sambalat, according to these works of theirs, and also Nodiah the prophetess and the rest of the prophets who were trying to frighten me. <laughs> They're trying to make him feel weak. They're trying to make him feel fearful and they're trying to trick him because if he goes to the temple, he's just showing that he's afraid of them. Or if he goes to the temple, maybe he's acting like a priest and he's breaking the law and he's not supposed to do that. Either way, There is one big plan to frighten and to scare Nehemiah, and it's not working. He's not quitting. He's staying at working on the wall. Crazy stuff's coming at him from the outside. Crazy stuff's coming in from the inside, and yet he keeps going. I'm not a golf guy. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. I'm not a golf guy, but I do pay attention to sports, and I saw that there was a tournament recently 
Maybe you saw this. I'm sure you saw this. There's a tournament recently where uh, there's a golfer, really good one, way in the lead. Probably going to win the tournament, cash in, a lot of money. As he's coming in, you know, he gets a report. Uh, You've tested positive for COVID. You got to be pulled. I don't know if you've seen, you've seen the video of him being told this. He's just crushed. But he had a good attitude. He's not quitting. He's one of the best in the world. He's going to show up again. Yeah, okay. I just lost out on winning and I lost out on cashing in, but I'm still going to show up. And I know that there are certainly times in my life, once again, things are going good, Wall's almost done. Tournament is almost won, spiritually speaking. And then wham. I don't want to quit. And I encourage you not to quit. I encourage you to keep praying, Lord, strengthen my hands. Circumstances are messing with me. People are messing with me. Lord, strengthen my hands. And Nehemiah keeps going. He's doing a great work of God. We want to keep going and being faithful in doing the will of God. Well, finally, he has success. Look at some success. Verse 15. So the wall was completed on the 25th of the month, Elul, in 52 days. Wow. That's awesome. It's a quick work. The walls were complete in 52 days, and that's what I'm talking about, getting it done It was obvious that God was behind all this, which makes Israel rejoice. And and notice the enemies, they're cringing in fear. Look at verse 16. When all our enemies heard of it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence. (laughs) Who's weak now? For they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Now the enemy is weak and afraid and they are acknowledging the work on the walls has been accomplished with the help of our God. My brothers and sisters, when we're engaged in trying to do the Lord's will and to follow him and the enemy pushes back, we need to get to a point in our lives where we say, you know what, God, I'm trying to be faithful to you, but there's no way I can be faithful and there's no way there's gonna get any traction in my circumstances apart from you. I don't know how many times that I try to deal with stuff on my own, but right here, even the enemies are saying, what happened in building the walls that is completely from God? And I don't know what's going down in your life right now, but if it's going to be pulled off, if there's going to be some type of breakthrough or some movement or even some faithfulness on your part, it's got to be from the Lord. That is a statement of God's faithfulness. And I don't know if you are a person who likes to kind of weigh whether you're going to have success in following the Lord. You're like, you're debating, should I follow the Lord and will it work if I do? See, rather than doing that success-failure ratio, how about you just step out and you say, all right, here's what the word says, I'm going to do it. And whatever the circumstances happen, that's just what happens. I just know this is what God wants me to do. And I'm going to let him pull it off. And for Nehemiah, success. Finish up with verses 17 and 19. By the way, opposition does not go away. Also in those days, many letters went from nobles of Judah to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters came to them. 
For many in Judah were bound by oath to him because he was a son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, and his son, Johanan, and married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. Moreover, they were speaking about his good deeds in my presence and reported my words to him. Then Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Still trying to scare Nehemiah. Making the enemy look good by saying, oh, he has such good deeds. The wall's finished. Fear-mongering continues. The threats continue on and on. Someone once put it like this. I like this, this quote. It says, let us be as watchful after the victory as before the battle. Let us be as watchful after the victory as before the battle. You ever like pray for someone to be saved and then they get saved? Well, keep praying for them because the opposition is going to ramp up. The same things happen uh, in churches when there's, when there's big events, maybe even revival events, or even maybe like two weeks ago, we had baptisms, right? It was a time of celebration. But, but on that same day, it was reported to me times of discouragement. What? Isn't that crazy? We can be at the mountaintop where we're in the water baptizing people and still, still on the same day, negative, discouraging things going on. But that's just the way it works. And my brothers and sisters, I, I, I look at the walls. They're done. It was successful. But I got to ask the question. What does success look like for you in following God's will? I've been interacting with my 21-year-old daughter who's facing a lot of challenging things, and she sent me something, and she's, we were talking about what does it look like to have success, and what does it look like to follow God's will? All right, that's a good question to ask. Nehemiah, they finished the walls. But what does success look like for you, and what does it look like to follow God's will and being abandoned to him? And so she sent me this quote from one of my favorite authors, Larry Crabb, and I don't know if I even have it. Oh, we do have it, all right. Nothing, no problem in our circumstances or in our souls can keep us from living out God's purpose for our lives if we are abandoned to him. I'm going to say it again. Nothing, no problem in our circumstances or in our souls can keep us from living out God's purpose for our lives if we are abandoned to him. Let's get really specific. If cancer is blocking God's purpose for you, it will be removed. If depression is getting away, it will go away. If you're having a hard time sleeping, insomnia, you're really tired all the time, if that's getting in the way, it will go away. If you're having financial struggles and wealth is a part of the plan, well, then you'll Get more money. You'll close the big deal. But my brothers and sisters, you need to know this. If illness is continuing and discouragement doesn't seem to go away and prodigal children do not seem to repent and you feel tired all the time and you're struggling with your finances, we have to pull back and say, Lord, I submit to you 
And if you were going to use these things to advance your purposes in me, then all glory goes to you. I really think we have to redefine success because if you're waiting to say, okay, when I finally get healed, then the breakthrough, my kids finally get saved and get their act together, then the breakthrough. And yet, a lot of these struggles still happen in our lives and we don't see success. And you go, yeah, but when will it ever be finished? When will it ever be accomplished? When will we ever get through that breakthrough? And my brothers and sisters, you need to know this. It's these words right here. It is finished. We have a Savior who lived a perfect life in your place and in my place. He had perfect success on this earth. Never sinned. And yet he was killed in your place and in my place. He was buried. He raised again. And here's the deal. He said on the cross, it is finished. It is finished. What? He completed all the perfect obedience to the law. He bore the wrath of God in your place perfectly. There is no sin left for you to bear. It is finished. And by faith, you can be reconciled to God. And so we see in our lives, there's a lot of stuff that's not being accomplished. We're not getting the breakthrough. When, oh Lord, is we going to have this time where we will have success? And the answer is, it is finished. You know the Lord. You know that you're going to be with him forever, in eternity, because of Jesus, the one who finished the perfect wall project for your life. So, you having a hard time with someone? You're not getting that breakthrough? People are trying to scare you. You feel your body going weak. Lord, strengthen my hands. Lord, strengthen my hands. And if you wake up tomorrow and the same problems are still there that were there today, Lord, strengthen my hands. Help me to show up and to be faithful and to trust you. If you bring the healing, I'm going to trust you. If you don't bring the healing, I'm going to trust you. If you bring a breakthrough, I'm going to trust you. If it doesn't come, I'm going to trust you. Because I know that overall, big picture, it is finished. It's a done deal. We're with the Lord. We know him. So today, we show up. God strengthen my hands. Let's pray. Lord, most of the world does not live in the reality of the it is finished of Jesus. And that's a life of anxiety. That's a life of fear. That's a life of worry. That's a life of eternal separation for you. And if there's anyone here, Lord, that does not know that it is finished reality, that you would stir them to look to you, to put their faith in you. That you're a God that not only completes walls and that heals sick people, and bring salvation to prodigals. But you're a God who's come to save us. The finished work of Jesus on the cross. And I pray for my sisters in here who are just struggling. And my brothers in here who have been weak and discouraged. I just ask that you would strengthen their hands. Strengthen their lives. Let them know that the it is finished of the cross. It is finished of the resurrection. 
is your love for them. And there is nothing that can separate them from you. So Lord, root us in you. Root us in the cross. Keep us looking to Jesus. Praise you, praise you. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.